talking about racism and police brutality and just giving our thoughts and about what's going on in the world right now in regards to to the topic. First, we're going to be sharing our personal stories about um, what we experienced with racism in our life and we'll move on to our thoughts on police brutality and other things we've been talking about the past three weeks, actually, ever since George Floyd passed away, or his murder. It's been a, a, a lot of things going on. And then we're going to end up with some ideas on ways we can maybe possibly come up with some solutions to stopping um, police brutality. But police brutality is just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many other issues that we have to solve, but, you know, after 400 years, that's a lot. It's very deep-rooted. So, first, we're just going to share our stories now, and, um, yeah. So, I guess I will give my story for first on police brutality. Luckily, mine was not violent, in a sense. Um, you might find part of it a little comical. So, going or coming from my church that is in Camden, New Jersey, by the way, it's called Powerful Life. Mm. Um, it's in Camden. Yeah. Okay. Camden. Yeah. It is currently at the Croc Center. Of course, the Croc Center Salvation Army Center is closed right now because of the pandemic that we have going on right now but you can certainly research that and see if you would like to attend the service once everything is over with Uh, we do have a zoom meeting as well that we have on Sundays so you can definitely um, DM us at CJ Honesty on Instagram if you have any questions about that but let me tell you about how I was coming from my church at the time we had a building in in Camden a Pacific building and I had just moved to New Jersey coming from originally coming from Chicago so I was new to the area of New Jersey so as I was coming from Camden I was driving to the area of Burlington mm-hmm. I got off around the exit probably halfway because I needed gas. I seriously needed gas. So I got off on a random exit, which you're really not supposed to do. Anybody who travels a lot, no, you shouldn't get on any out on any random exit because it's dangerous to do anyway. But I did that because I needed, I needed gas. 
So I got off seeing the gas sign there, and after I came from getting gas, I was about to get on the exit back to get back on the highway. I was using the GPS because, again, I wasn't used to the area. I was just really using the GPS just to find my way to get back on the highway. Once I got on the highway, I would, I would pretty much know where I was going. So, but I did not make it to that exit. A police cop pulled me over, and she asked me for my license and registration. Keep in mind, I had my twin sister in the passenger side, mm -hmm. I, and I had my little brother and sister who, who was about, I believe, 10 years younger than me. Um, so at the time, I believe they were... 12 and 13 I believe so I was driving at the time a Chrysler 300 that was my dad's car and she said that she wanted my license and registration of course I gave that to her um, she asked me if I could step outside of the car I asked her sir, I told her certainly I would but I would also like to know you know is I asked her if there was a problem, you know. Yeah. And she said that she would give me more details later, but that I basically fit the description of, now here's the comical part, because I don't know if she was trying to be funny or not, but she said I basically fit the description of somebody who just robbed a KFC restaurant. And, <laughs> oh, and wow. so I, I robbed. So I basically, she was saying I fit the description of that. That the car looked similar, and it was a black male apparently that that robbed the KFC. So she had me stand behind my car, and she told me to wait there. So I waited there. As I'm waiting, six cop cars pull pull up. Six though. Six six cop cars pull up. And so they begin to start asking me questions like, um, where where was I headed to, you know, and everything. Mm. And before I even said anything, she had already told them that um, I, I was using the GPS. So obviously, you know, I'm thinking, I'm using the GPS. So obviously, somebody who's robbing a place isn't about to take the time to turn on their GPS. They're just going to drive away. But anyways, though, <laughs> anyways, they proceeded to um, talk amongst each other. Just random general conversation with each other. It wasn't even about what was going on, really. And they had me sit on the side, the sidewalk. They said they wasn't going to detain me. I guess they was going to. I guess in their mind doing me a favor by not handcuffing me, making sure I'm not going to run away or anything. Yeah. Um, so they had me sit on the side on the sidewalk. Mind you, it's probably about it's December, so it's 30 degrees outside. Everybody's pretty much cold. Yeah. And we we sat out there for at least 40 minutes. 40. 40 minutes, and um. That's, that's, that's and then they, I don't know why they waited till the point where they got the call from whoever the dispatcher was that they found the person, but we waited there 40 minutes until they found the other person who apparently fit the description. 
Now again, I say this is in my experience, I would say that it was police brutality because you don't know, I didn't know basically, the whole thing didn't make sense to me because if I have my little brother and sister in the car, I got the GPS on, it's common sense that it adds up that I'm not the person that you're looking for. So at that time, I think you're just pretty much just being ignorant of the fact or you're holding somebody else's time up. Um, See, do you want to give us one of your stories that you have on police brutality? Well, mine is more on racism mm-hmm. and her. I feel it was harassment. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was harassment. So, this ha- So, my experience that that was significant significant to me happened after I moved from Trenton to South Jersey, where I live now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I wanted. Everyone get the feel of how I felt during that time. So you know, in Trenton, if you're from Trenton, it's a lot of people who live there are, you know, Hispanic and Black people mostly. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to South Jersey, um, I went, to, I moved to a predominantly white neighborhood. So I wasn't used to seeing all these white people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I was used to a certain type of environment. But you know, I I I adapt to the environment okay, but it was a tough time because I did not know anyone. I was a new student, a new the new kid on the block. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's so that's where I have what where I was at that time. So one day, I was um just in class minding my business, and in the class there were just two black students, including me. So me and, it was just me and another student. And I was told to go to the main office. I'm not sure if I was walked there or I had to walk or I went there myself. But all I remember was that when I went there, there was a white police officer. It was a guy too. And um, I don't think he worked at the school, so I never seen him before. So I was, I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. So then he he took me into a, a separate room and started questioning questioning me and during that time I was very shy and like quiet so I was like why would why am I being brought here I thought someone ratted on me for or lied on me or something but I didn't speak up and I wish I did but um he started asking questions personal questions like where I live and who I lived with and I felt intimidated so I answered the question if you know me you know that if you know me now, you know that I would have um, questioned why he was asking me all these questions. So I was finally um, sent back to class. So I told my parents, and my mom did not hesitate to go up to that that school. She she questioned the main office was like what about the situation, and she was like, why? I don't know what she said, but she pretty much told them off, and it never happened again. Mm-hmm. So. I realized during that time I didn't really think of it, but now I realize that's illegal. You cannot question a minor without um, a parent present mm. with uh, with you. So that was illegal on what at the school. So through the school, I'm I'm just like wow. I was just baffled by it to the day that that happened. 
And I, I kind of have, I've kind of, you know, I've been thinking recently why that happened. I kind of, I'm trying, like, I know why. I think I have a feeling why. But it still doesn't give it right that they did that, you know? Right. At first, I thought it was racial, it probably was racial profile, whatever. But it's just about people having these connections, thinking they're entitled to do certain things, mostly white people, because they feel like, you know, they can do whatever they want. And that's not the case. Mm -hmm. It's very irritating. So let's give our thoughts right now on everything that's been going on since George Floyd, the murder of him about three weeks ago. Um, my thoughts are multiple ones. Um, pretty heavy thoughts on that how we can fix things going forward. Um, can racism end? Is racism an ever-going thing? Whereas, you know, I, I kind of think about it in a question form. Um, do do everyone think that it's possible to end racism once and for all? Or do you think it's something that's always going to be there? I think it's saddening to think about police brutality because I do believe that there is probably some good cops out there, but just like anything, when you have a group of, I guess you can call it um, spoiled fruit, fruit and a bunch that ruins the whole batch, basically, mm -hmm. um, and it's hard for people to look at the thing as a whole as being positive when you have so many negative things. Mm -hmm. in there um, also with racism being in schools at your job placement uh, one of the things that I have been looking at recently is that with job applications they basically ask you are you black, are you white, mm -hmm. are you Asian mm -hmm. if race doesn't really matter then why would that even be a question in a job application you know, those are some of the things that I think we just, as a nation, need to look at and revalue. Uh, another thing that I think we need to look at as a nation is the jail system and the prison system. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With the reasons of people being in jail and in prison and the sentence time for certain things. Um, I think some of those things are unreasonable. I believe a lot of those reasons for going to jail or prison, you really, in my opinion, shouldn't be. It's not a jail or prison uh, sentence. I think it's more of a, should be a community sentence because you're destroying your community. It's, let's just say somebody is selling marijuana or Let's say somebody got caught in their car with marijuana or some kind of drugs. My personal opinion is that you shouldn't go to necessarily to jail for those things. I think you should serve your community in some kind of way as a penalty for that. Because I think that 
you're damaging your community. Yeah. I don't think you're actually hurting anybody. I think we should save um, those jail spots, if you will, or jail cells or prison cells for people who are actually dangerous individuals that shouldn't be on the streets. Yeah. Um, not to say that selling drugs isn't dangerous, but I believe it's more so on the level of um, endangering your community as opposed to physically hurting someone. I think we should save that those jail cells and prison cells for people who are a threat physically, not just um, as a community base. Um, you know, let somebody, let them pick up trash for two weeks and let them be out of work. You know, that'll be, to me, that's a good lesson in life. Uh, you know, I sold drugs, now I gotta go clean up trash on the street for two months and not have a job. I think that's enough to let somebody rethink their life as opposed to sending somebody to jail or prison in there with um, killers and murderers. You know, I don't think that's necessary. I think there's levels um, to punishments. I don't think we should. you should automatically um, put somebody in a box. I think every, and I also think everybody should have a chance of redemption uh, depending on what their, what their crime is. So I want to get, go back to, I want to get into race and I want to mention about what you said previously about like why is race on applications. And I've always wondered that too because I'm like, well, yeah, I would ask the same question. Why, you know, if it doesn't matter. Race doesn't matter. Yeah. Why put it on applications? So I think it's on applications because um, they want to meet their every company or, or wherever you're, you're applying to want to meet the status quo. Like, they're like, oh, we we need a black person. So if you put your black, then oh, there you go. <laughs> that cool. or if you're Spanish or whatever. So that's why I think that's why they put that. Mm. Uh, they do on applications and all. They do say that is not that information is not used. For hiring purposes, but I don't know about that. I'm like well, kind of iffy. I'm like really. I've I've actually put not didn't put my race on applications <laughs> intentionally, and yeah. I know it's kind of messed up. I'm proud, like I'm proud to be black, but the thing is, I don't know. It just kind of makes you wonder, like, do they really go based on your race when they are going through the hiring process? Right. So, so I've thought about that, and that's definitely like I think. I don't know. I think they should just take that out, in my opinion. Um, also, about what you said about um, the how the jail system set up and with the drugs. So, I mean, like most people, most people who go to jail for drugs are black people or black men. But in reality, a lot of white people use drugs, and most of them use the hardcore drugs like acid. Mm -hmm. Heroin. It's a it's some black people yeah, on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Molly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. you know, and that's I think when it comes to those drugs, that's kind of hard, Yeah, that's hardcore. They mm -hmm. should be in jail longer. That's that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. But it depends on the situation. But when it comes to police, officers going to jail, yeah, they should 
put them in jail too. Right. Because they're getting off from all these different cases. They, they're just going without pay. That's nothing. Really? That's yeah. unfair. I think it's unfair punishment. Like, you're not getting what civilians get when it comes to us breaking the rules, right? Yeah. It, it should be the same across the board. So I think we need to, as a society, as a society we need to reform the whole police, the whole um, cell, for the yeah, jail, jail the system, prison. the prison system. We need to reform that. We need to also change, make changes in the education system when it comes to racism as well, mm-hmm. and make sure that every student is getting the resources they need and the services they need as well. Mm-hmm. Also, we need to reform um, what else? We need to reform a, a lot of things that that has been detrimental to our society for 400 years. For You know, it's been like this forever, but now for some reason, the George Floyd um, murder just kind of popped everything off. Yeah. Everybody's like on 1,000. It went to 0 to 1,000. Yeah. First it was the COVID-19. That was a pandemic. Now we got, we're in another pandemic. There's two pandemics going on. Mm. Right? So you have a lot of things happening. And I, I feel like we need to rethink what we should do. Okay, we're doing a protest. I am for the protests and like everybody's getting their voices heard. But now let's, okay, we're doing that. That can continue. But now let's start forming groups, right? And rethink strategies and ways of actually putting those, um, putting how you feel into action. And I'm talking about in the justice system, mm-hmm. like the with the walls and stuff. Right. That's what I'm saying. So after you rethink, you respond to what's happening and with not just react but you respond to with um with a plan, with goals and then you respond with whatever you come up with with a group and then you talk you go to the mayor of in your area, wherever you live with your goals and present them to them. Hopefully whoever's on whoever the board members are, then that's when the rebuilding starts and reforming laws starts. And then repeat it's just a cycle like that. And that's why I think it needs to happen. Also, besides that, I feel like black people especially need to protect themselves because and get strapped up. That's why I think. And the reason why I'm saying that I'm not strapped up. <laughs> Wait, let me tell you. No, this is serious. Like we gotta get strapped up. I'm not condoning violence, but the reason why I'm saying that because it's a like recently what I've been hearing about these about black people getting hung. That's very disturbing to me. Oh. And those are not suicide. No one cannot tell me those are suicide. Oh. I know for. Yes, I never heard any black person would would yeah, do something like from a tree. And, and yeah. that's public view. No one does. You go, 
you usually most people do in a pr- like private area. They uh-huh. leave maybe a suicide note. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like that doesn't make sense to me. And they've ruined them as being suicide. I'm telling you, we gotta look out for yeah. ourselves. It's not safe right now. That's why I'm saying that. Uh-huh. So, gotcha. and that's why I feel like we need to do that, and everybody else too. But partic- but especially black people. You know what I'm saying? So it's not, it's getting crazy out there, you know, and we don't want to keep having cases like, you know, George Floyd and all that. It's actually it's been the, like, ever since George, George Floyd passed away, it's been other people passed away as well. Mm-hmm. It's just like, when will it stop? That's my question. So if we, if we about to ride this out, we're going to ride this out, y'all. We have to do this. Not just in 2020, but we need to do this in, like, and beyond. We need to do keep doing it and just keep striving and achieving our goals for what we want. For, our, for the next generation, for our kids' generation, for their kids' generation. This is like a generational, like, we need to break this. Mm. This, this is definitely a generational thing. And it's been happening for 400 years now. So maybe this year may be the change that we will see. That will that has sparked, you know, in yeah, this year. Yeah. yeah, it's Definitely. just different. It's just for some reason it's just different. It's coming different. Because mm. all I mean, of course, with social media and all that, this all started really ha- like everybody started really talking about it online and stuff back in 2014. With who was the first one, Eric Garner? Mm. Yeah, that's when it started picking up momentum over social media. So. What, how long has that been? That's what, six years or something? Yeah, I believe so. Like, Trayvon Martin. Trayvon, no, Eric Garner. Garner. Yeah. Um, one of them, Eric Garner or Trayvon Martin. But it's been like a couple years now. So maybe this year, after George Floyd, maybe this will be different. Mm-hmm. I just hope that. I'm praying. I'm praying, praying every day. Mm-hmm. It's been very mentally drained as well. I also want... I want to mention that, you know, we need to take care of ourselves mentally because this can get to you um, if you keep listening to it, keep reading up on things, even watching the news and all. Um, this can get to to us. And this is, it is such a thing as black trauma. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think as black people, uh, we have a stigma I'm guessing it's because of our proudness, our pride. But a lot of black people don't like going to see counselors. Um, I think I would encourage people to go out there and see counselors if you're feeling um, depressed or suicidal. Um, of course, of course, you stay prayed up. Um, of course, you stay um, stay with God, but also. Your mental um, needs needs taken care of as well, and I think it's definitely okay. You have to know that it's okay to do to do that um, counseling. It's okay to talk to somebody. It's okay to have friends. I know that's something popular nowadays um, to say on social media that I don't have any friends. I don't mm-hmm. get along with my family, and that's actually. Very toxic, you know. I know it sounds cool to say that, but we need to get out of that mentality of 
it being cool not to be around anybody or not having anybody. Um, as humans, we definitely need one another. As as black people, we definitely need, need one another. I think we're created to need one another. We're created for communication, um, for having a bond with one another, for being able to talk with one another. Yeah, um, we need a support system, mm-hmm. right? Especially right now, um, with a lot going on. And so we're gonna move on to what we feel could be solutions, possibly. Yeah. Um, everyone is. It's been a lot that has been discussed online, especially. So you, I'll just come up. I'll just say what I feel should be the solution. So first, I think. Moving forward, if I think if you want, maybe create groups uh-huh. in each of your in your community to help and form local changes locally. I think that would be a start. Uh-huh. Um, and then with your group, make sure that you have um, goals that are achievable. You know that are um, that you know that are like small goals. You know that everyone can achieve and work on, and also have a mission for your group. From there, you can um, contact your board, the board members in your community, like who, like figure out who the mayor is, and who else, um, deputy deputy mayor, all the board members. So from there, once you find out who they are, you can come up with a with your goals, a plan, and then present it to them. And if they're on board with you, you know that it could go from there. Cool. Also, I also feel like not only you can do that, but also vote. Definitely register to vote. Um, I know that people have opinions on voting. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother. Well, I do want to mention it. So I've I read that people. Not sure who to vote. It's important to research on those candidates. Obviously, mm-hmm. we know who they are. Is um, who's running for them, or you know. So some people are saying they don't like you know Trump, and some people are saying they don't like Biden, Joe Biden. Um, Biden. So what's like some people are saying, what's the point of voting if they don't not they're not sure who to pick? Right. Of course, you have a third party that's not really popular, but I feel like maybe maybe get someone to be a candidate mm-hmm. for it is possible for like as a um for for your state maybe each state can pick a candidate or I don't know and then. And then, like, you know, support them. It is possible. If you ever seen Joe King, okay, and I'm off, like, I'm thinking about something else. Joe King on Netflix, he ran for, tried running for president. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not, like, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And you know how he was, he very radical. Yeah. So, like, and he was doing the, doing the damn thing, like, for real. And I was impressed, actually, with that whole with him doing, he was just a regular guy. Mm-hmm. And if he can do it, you can do it. Someone can, else can do it. Huh. 
Um, you know what? I just got one big main solution. Okay, let's hear it. I would say for my white people out there, and I have some very close um, friends hmm. who are dear to me, like family, they are white people. Hmm. I would say white people who are not racist need to speak up, I believe, hmm. because that is, I believe, the majority of how racism um, can end. I believe that's a big portion of how of or a percentage of how what needs to be done for racism to end. I think white people who are not racist need to speak up to their white counterparts about what is being um injustly done to black people over the years. Mm -hmm. Um I believe black people do need to start getting some kind of things back to them. Not that Things just need to be handed to us, but let's keep in mind as well that it's not necessarily that things are being handed to us. Let's remember that this nation was built on this, the backs of slaves, the, black, mm -hmm. the backs of black yep. people anyway, so it's not like you're really handing out anything to black people when we already did the work. All that work, yep. Mm -hmm. We already did the work, so there's no such thing as us having a handout, per se. We're just getting back where we're already owed. So I believe that that's the main, one of the big percentages, main things that need to be done. I think the white people that have in mind that you shouldn't see color or have in mind that, you know, they have black friends that they love and it's there to them, mm -hmm. then, you know, speak out. It has, it has to be done now. I totally agree with you. I have nothing to add. And I just want to say, you know, just stay safe out there if you're going to be protesting. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. So... I would say in this pandemic and what is going on right now in the world with racism, um, make sure that you stay prayed up. Make sure if you need to speak to someone that you get um, counseling if you need that. Make sure that you are eating as healthy as possible. Try to take this time um, to change your diet because your diet is a vast majority of your health and your mental health, whether you realize that or not. Mm -hmm. um, take this time to value your friends, uh, to make up with people that you think you should be making up with, um, that it's possible to make up with. Make, uh, make sure that you're valuing your family and your mm -hmm. friends and your loved ones um, because tomorrow is not promised. Nowadays, doesn't matter how old you are. Um, somebody can be gone tomorrow, so you want to value mm -hmm. that. Value life. Value life. And that's mm -hmm. that.
Till next time on CJRC. Just being honest, nothing but the truth.